Hey everybody, welcome to the Struggling Hunters. I'm Eric. The Joe's on the other side. Hey guys, how's it going? Uh, we're here again for another episode. We're pretty excited. We've uh, lasted 10, 10 uh, episodes. Uh, man, it's been a, it's been great. You know, it's been a lot of fun doing these episodes, uh, learning a lot about ourselves. Uh, we're we're young in this podcast game, and and you know, it's a ton of fun, but putting yourself out there really really brings up a little bit of you know you just try to try to be be as good as you can or be as perfect as you can on making these and you kind of catch all your own mistakes but I feel like we've gotten a lot better since our first podcast and it's been exciting uh I mean what's your takeaway on that Joe as far as episode 10 so episode 10 it's kind of it's kind (laughs) of interesting in a uh, to a degree as far as look remembering thinking so i know it's only 10 episodes but thinking back to like episode one and being like oh man you know like five episodes that's 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 kind of crazy and you know like you know you start thinking you're like oh shoot you know now we're at like 10 episodes is like yeah man that's that's even crazier you know like not not just you know looking back at like that comparing to myself to who thinking back and making more than just one episode and now we're at 10, you know, it's like, Oh yeah, still got a long ways to go. Don't know that I'd ever get there, but I've come a long ways. I feel, you know, as far as trying to not look too much like a deer in the headlights <laughs> as I'm talking on here. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I go through that all the time. I mean, every, every episode I'm like, Oh, why did I say that? Oh, I missed that. Um, it, it gives me a lot of respect for, for people that mess up in the media and say the wrong thing, you know, it's really easy to be the armchair quarterback and, and uh, shun them to death and, and uh, you know, tell them how bad they make a mistake. But I don't, I mean, we've made countless mistakes in 10 episodes. So, uh, you know, it kind of, kind of makes me a little more uh, understanding toward people that they kind of get a little clunky on the, uh, on the media. And, you know, we're just doing this on zoom to each other and, you know, we're not even live, like on live TV or with the, you know, with stadium full of people and on NBC after the game or something, you know? So, so, I mean, the pressure is not even as bad for us as it it would be like, you know, some, some professional athletes or whatnot. So yeah, I, I don't know. It's been, it's been a crazy ride, but you know, we got over 10 hours, uh, especially after this episode, we'll have over, 10 hours of, of kind of learning, figuring it all out and learning what to do. I mean, it's right. kind of, it's a crazy concept to think you know, about. Yeah, it is. It is kind of crazy. You know, like you're like, Holy cow. That's, you know, that's a, you know, a normal eight hour workday plus two. We're in overtime now, you know, like we're, we're overtime time, overtime hours, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is it? They say that you got to have like 10,000 hours in something before you're considered a professional. And, uh, so we still got a long ways to go is what I'm saying. And, and uh, kind of transitioning a little bit here, you know, um, I, I do feel like, you know, we're still, we're still filling out this podcast and trying to figure out exactly where we're going. Uh, you know, how to, how to make the best content for the listeners. And, you know, hopefully uh, just the research that we've, we've kind of looked at and stuff. Uh, you know, most people are like, you know, around episode 50 or around video 50 or that's whenever you, you kind of start figuring your out your identity. So with that said, we got another 40 to go, but transitioning into that, uh, the, you know, the people that have listened to us so, so far and supported us, like, we can't thank you enough. I mean, you guys are the reason that we're obviously still going. Uh, and, and you guys, you guys, you know, you guys are awesome. And, and, and every, every podcast, I'm, we're, we're getting more and more uh, views, uh, listens, and it's pretty exciting. I mean, it's just an exciting venture and um, it's just exciting to get that support from you guys. And it really, it really humbles us. We usually say this stuff kind of toward the end of the, end of the podcast, but because our podcasts usually ramble on for about an hour, I know a lot of people are like, okay, you know, I, I had my fair share of them and they get off a little early or whatnot. So 
with that in mind, we just kind of wanted to really start out the podcast today with kind of mentioning the people that are supporting us and, and giving us, and helping us create this platform and, and helping it, helping it grow. We really appreciate everything that you guys have done. And um, yeah, like, you know, it's just, it's, it's inner, it's been fun uh, <laughs> being the little, little fishes we are right now in the, in the big pond of YouTube, you know, like in the ocean of YouTube, it, you know, it's kind of humbling when you look at it that way, but at the same time, you know, you pull it back into two little struggling hunter dudes trying to better themselves out in the woods and, um, and trying to become better at, you know, better hunters, better woodsmen. And you guys are, I'm thinking wanting to do the same thing. Hopefully, you know, we're talking some of our topics were, are your struggles too, or, you know, like you, maybe you haven't felt that yet, but yet you, you have felt it in a way of, of a struggle you've had and can relate to us somehow. And hopefully we can share some of that too and be, you know, we or we have shared some of that and, you know, hopefully that gets your interest or whatnot, but yeah, so it's, it's, it's been fun swimming around in this big, big pond. Yeah. Yeah, it has. And, and, I mean, I think Joe and I have already said it, but I mean, it's just so we just really appreciate you guys and and really appreciate the support that you guys have given us so far. So keep it up. You guys are our, our, uh, OGs (laughs) and, uh, and, you know, hopefully down the road, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll make better, we'll make better podcasts, but you guys will always be our OGs. So we really appreciate you is what I'm getting at. What's that old geezers? (laughs) <laughs> Old geezers, exactly. <laughs> Old geezers. Oh, I like the 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 little fish in the big pond too. Yeah, I try to come up with some uh, deep, uh, poignant, you know, real thought out analogies that you know really make you think and want to better yourself. Oh man, you're you're a modern day philosopher. I think so. No, I know so. I'm witnessing it. It's getting recorded right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> um all right, well, so yeah, thank you guys for, for listening. So we're gonna transition. This is kind of a a fan question slash uh that's a fact, Jack. Uh one of my one of one of the guys that are listening, I know you're probably watching right now. So thank you, Mike, for giving the question out to us. Uh, I did a little bit of research. Uh, the question is, is, is can, you, uh, can you eat rabbits slash or hares uh, in, in summertime? Uh, the theory is, is that they're riddled with uh, disease and, and bugs. Um, so I did a little bit of research. I, one of my, my source was, was uh, the meat eaters with Steve Rinella and those guys. Uh, They had a great little article about this. I was surprised that I found it as easy as I did. I thought I was going to have to do a little more research, but they kind of did the research for me. So uh, to start it all off, uh, can you eat rabbits in the summertime? Um, Basically you can. Uh, It's totally fine. Unless you ingest uncooked rabbit guts. that have uh parasites uh you know if you if it was if it was uncooked uh obviously you could you could get sick that way if if the rabbit had some parasites um also so i think this is where most people uh get a little little freaked out about eating the the rabbits is whenever they see this is is bot flies can lay eggs on rabbit hide the larvae hatch and burrow under the skin. Um, and, um, you know, like there's little bumps under the skin and, um, they're not harmful to humans as long as you cook it all the way through. But, uh, but you can cut them out. And then obviously if you, if you cook your food or whatever, they'll die. And uh, they'll pose no threat, but but it can look pretty unsightly 
whenever you uh whenever you you see that whenever you're skinning the rabbit and you see the the uh larvae in there you know creating some bumps uh the so one like, thing go ahead i can say in a way you're getting like two meats for the price of one there you know you got your larva and yeah there you go rabbit. <laughs> that's hardcore that's hardcore um the one thing is is uh uh ticks and flies right or fleas sorry not flies ticks and fleas uh can be harmful uh there's uh there's this disease called uh tolermia and it can be transmitted to humans um the thing with uh fleas and ticks though is is it poses no more threat to the summertime because rabbits are riddled with or can be riddled with ticks and fleas throughout the whole year so it's not more harmful if they happen to have that uh tolermia disease does that make sense? Am I saying is that? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> you think so? So, but one one way you can you can make sure that they're that they're not diseased by by a, a tick is is if you look at their liver, they'll they'll be uh, little white spots all over their liver if if they if they're diseased by the Tillamia disease. And uh, if if their liver has little white spots on it, you basically discard the the rabbit at that point. But if that's fine, and you want to do the process of taking out the the um, the larva for from the uh, bot flies, um, you know, peel those out, cook them out. I mean, basically, long story short, you can you can uh, eat rabbits in the summertime with no with no problems. You just got to kind of inspect your your game whenever you're gutting them out and. And uh, you know, make sure you're not eating anything too bad. But, but uh, the answer to the question is, you can eat rabbits all year round. And so that's that's uh, partially a fact, Jack, and a and a and a fan question. So kind of hit two birds with one stone there. And I just want to add there though to make sure that if you are hunting rabbits or whatnot, that you're finding out if there's a season for them or not. You know, you don't want to be out poaching rabbits. Um, Cause here in Utah, I know there's for some wild hares or, or snow, snowshoe rabbits and stuff, uh, pot, pot guts. And there's a, there's an actual season where you're supposed to be hunting them. So that's one of the things too, is check your regulations. See if you're, if you're, what, if you're supposed to be in season to hunt them or if they're not recognized and you can hunt them whenever you want. So just make sure you check yourself on that. So that way you don't get in, in trouble. And then, you know, we're not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just make sure you can hunt them whenever you can. But, um, but if you do hunt them, if you can't hunt them and it's open season in the middle of summer for them, uh, you can eat them just as long it's as they don't good. have, just got to cook them all the way through and make sure that their liver isn't diseased. I got another buddy with me today. <laughs> got a, I got a fly in my studio. Well, he, he must like you. You know, you, you just draw people to you. Man, I swear flies get drawn into this. So my studio is pretty fancy. You know, it's uh, in the high rise of my house on the ground floor in the shop. So that's my studio. But, uh, yeah, flies tend to get in here every once in a while, it seems like. So... Maybe they just like struggling hunters and want to be right there with you. That's true. They're always trying to uh, take over the show, guest appearance. <laughs> the funny thing is that, you know, the pre-show, getting all set up, getting ready to do this, I don't hardly see them. And then I start talking, and then they start wanting to fly right in front of my face. The struggle is real. There's no Hollywood magic here. We just – just roll on. <laughs> There's no editing, nothing. A little bit of editing sometimes if we really mess up. We've only had to edit one show. Talking about shows, we only had to edit one show, and uh, and that was just because it was it was it was quite choppy. We kept. Uh, it probably my fault. I was using my phone to talk on Skype, and it kept uh, cutting out and digitizing yeah. robotics and stuff. So we had to go back through and splice it together. For Eric, did. <laughs> yeah yeah but 
it still turned out pretty good. It was it was pretty good. I, it came out a lot better than than I thought. So than I thought it would. Um, and you guys probably weren't none the wiser. <laughs> <laughs> you guys probably actually thought, man, these guys sound really good this time. <laughs> it was because we actually edited it out, edited all the mistakes out, or most of the mistakes out. Um, so moving on, we did our uh, that's a fact, Jack. Uh, thanks, Mike, for that question, by the way. Uh, moving on. So Joe and I, uh, last podcast, we realized that we're a little rough on our on our history. And through that, we kind of wanted to learn a little more about our history and and um, conservation. And and also the idea was was that uh, there was a lot of stuff that we didn't know about Boone and Crockett. Uh, we didn't really know anything about Boone and Crockett except that they, uh, what's that? We thought we did. Well, yeah, we thought we did. Most, and, and here's the thing, though, is I feel like a lot of other people probably feel the same way. Um, but, you know, just everybody thinks it's an animal measuring uh, company that, you know, you get, if you have a big enough animal, whatever it is, from from uh, deer to uh, to bear, you know, if, if your animal's big enough, you'll get in the books, the record books and, and, uh, right. and there, and there, there it lies. Um, but through our research, we were just kind of wanting to understand what Boone and Crockett was all about. Um, I was actually really surprised, uh, what, what we found out. And so we thought that it would be nice to share that with you guys. Some of you guys are probably going to be like, yeah, we know guys, you know, we're, we're the smartest people in the world. But some of you probably don't know about Boone and Crockett. So uh, with that said, today we're going to kick that off. Do you want to kick off a few things first, Joe? I've been kind of rambling on for a while. Sure. So uh, one of the things I thought was kind of interesting is, you know, we totally put our our foot in our mouth last week about, you know, talking about Teddy Roosevelt and not knowing much. You know, we knowing some on him but not knowing everything. And, you know, he was quite the quite the kind of the dude the guy, you know, back in the day, especially becoming a president and uh, doing what he did and, and then, you know, setting aside so much uh, land to be used for the public. Um, that flowed good. Um, but, you know, so that being said, so continue on with Teddy Roosevelt um, or Theodore Roosevelt. He was the one, the, uh, one of the, I guess, founding fathers for the Boone and Crockett Club. So like Eric was saying, uh, you know, I, my whole life being the hunt, the hunter that I am, now that with that being said, I'm, you know, I'm just, uh, a guy that loves to hunt, you know, read stories about hunting and me being as naive as I am. I thought that Boone and Crockett was like Eric said, was this list of hunters that have killed big game animals. But, uh, um come to find out through some some uh fact checking checking is uh you know they started so Boone and Crockett started to uh they formed in order to start a group of people to start you know the the convert con- conservation movement to keep lands for us and then uh they wanted so their their idea was that if if an area has the water, the food sources, you know, um, all everything it needs, the vegetation, that it's going to produce trophy animals or animals will be healthy. So they started the the Boone and Crockett Club to uh, to monitor what type of animals were being pulled out of the area, and you know it. So in long run, in the short term, you know, people think, oh. I, I'm guilty of it myself is, Oh, it's just this club that you get to join when you got a, a game animal that meets the big game requirements, you know, you get your name in a book, but in reality that I didn't know um, was the fact that it was more for keeping records of what was coming out of an area to see if that area was thriving, you know, as, as far as antler growth or, you know, like bears and stuff, cougars, that's, 
and cats it, it's a more of a skull measurement but that's their theory was that you know they find out the growth of antlers and skulls that they'll know how healthy of the ecosystem is in that particular area so i thought that was kind of interesting and you know brought me to realize how naive i was and thinking that it was just a you know grabbing grins type of club that you know no there's more to it there's they're actually trying to figure out how well an area is doing yeah um very well said as far as i'm considered <laughs> um yeah it's pretty neat what they started. I mean, they really, the, Boone and Crockett is really responsible for, uh, so I always knew that Theodore Roosevelt was responsible for, for conservation and bringing back herds and animals, but somewhere in there, Boone and Crockett kind of, kind of got pushed to the side. And I heard about Theodore Roosevelt being responsible for, for conservation, but not really Boone and Crockett, but it's, it was all through Boone and Crockett the organization of Boone and Crockett. And uh, uh, I don't know if you said this earlier, but they were, they were founded in, in 1887 is when they were founded. And, um, and another thing that uh, they wanted to give light to was, was fair chase tactics. So instead of going out there and just annihilating game at will, uh, you know, they, they, uh, they wanted to, make sure that there was fair chase to it and, and rules and regulations, basically, basically your hunting regs. Um, I don't know exactly when hunting regs started coming out. I mean, we haven't done that much research and uh, doing this podcast really like opened our eyes to more, more of the responsibility of a hunter. You know, we started this podcast talk about hunting, you know, to have fun talking about hunting and, and our excuse to talk about, hunting gear and, and, and that kind of things, but those kind of things. But as we are digging deeper and deeper into this, we're looking at history, you know, and and of conservation. And and now it's, you know, almost wanting to be an activist for, for conservation and, and, you know, volunteer. And I mean, that's, that's where doing this research, it got me was, I was like, man, I want to do more for conservation than just trying to get my elk every year. You know, I thought that was enough, but there's more I could do. I could volunteer my time. I could get with one of these organizations like Boone and Crockett and volunteer some time over there. Um, you know, there, I mean, there's just more I could do as, as a fellow hunter myself. And uh, this podcast has kind of brought light to that, which is exciting. Uh, I mean, we're, we're so new at all this stuff, but like, it's kind of cool. I mean, it's just it's just cool to to uh, you know learn more about our sport more than what I even you know here I am a guy that's hunted pretty much all my life and not realizing that there was so much more to be learned. And then through so, this podcast, I've been learning it. So with that being said, what do you think you like? And I you know pops in my head. What do you think you've taken for granted as a hunter? from just a little bit doing this and a little, I mean, evidently we got a lot more to learn, but what, um, I guess, what have you taken for granted this far that your eyes have been like opened up to, to this point, you know, like, well, I, I, yeah, uh, I think that's a great question, but, um, pretty much what I, what I said was just not doing more like, uh, reading more about conservation and, and the efforts, uh, supporting the efforts, right? Um, I think it's pretty easy for for um, for us as as regular Joes, no pun intended, uh, <laughs> to to uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I think you know it's easy to argue the state for a decision that's made to maybe better conservation. Now, I mean, I think we all have a voice and we all should have our opinions and uh, you know, later on down the road, I'm sure we might do a podcast or, or we might at least talk about it in a segment or something about wolves. Um, I, I, I don't really want to share my opinion right now, but, but uh, what I'm getting at is, well, I guess I am going to share my opinion. I feel like it was a mistake in Idaho whenever they did that. And um, as a hunter trying to bring this all back, 
um, as a hunter, a conservationist, you know, just, just expressing our opinion, talking amongst each other, you know, at, at, at the Friday night football game just isn't going to cut the mustard. I mean, you gotta, you gotta get yourself involved. So that's, that's a regret, right? Not getting myself enough involved. Um, also just, just, yeah, just not getting myself involved and, and not, not educating myself. Um, yeah, I was going to say like, for me, like your last point there, I, you know, I agree with, with what you said throughout your whole, Rant. <laughs> rant yeah like you're trying to express yourself there uh you know like i haven't really done as much as i could to be involved in more but you know like i just I, i'll i haven't kept myself as informed as i should have you know this being this podcast here being um you know a good example is you know talking about the boone and crockett club i just thought it was a a list of of names that have killed big animals you know or something and i've taken for granted the information that's out there you know not only do you become a better hunter through uh it seems learning now a better hunter of understanding your quarry but also a better hunter of understanding like the the history of of hunting and even you know the great opportunity that we do have you know to go out like anyone listening to our podcast has the opportunity or hope you know create for themselves the opportunity to go out in the woods you know you may not can you know maybe not necessarily like to hunt but just going out in the woods you know like Theodore Roosevelt and the starting the Boone and Crockett Club and all the the parks and what else do you call them um National Park Service BLM uh, U.S. Fish and Game and Wildlife Service, U.S. Forest Service, uh, the 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 Boone and Crockett Club initiated all that. Um, also, the Boone and Crockett. Uh, I mean, all the all your national parks, Yellowstone. Yeah. Um, for some reason, I can't think of I can't think of the other parks. Yellowstone's the only one that's popping in my head. But uh, Teddy Roosevelt was responsible for that. You know, he saw he saw problems there, and here's and the. He Go did. Ahead. He did that. So that way, we, you know, hundred years later, we have that to, to pretty much enjoy almost, almost as what it was like back then. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and I mean, well, it wasn't just him too. I mean, that's one thing. He was he was like the most famous person with Boone and Crockett, but there was there was a list of people um, uh, that obviously weren't as polarizing at the time but cared just as much about conservation, um, the, the land itself. And, and, you know, so they all had efforts into, into protecting the land, the animals, and, and it's crazy. Like, so kind of educate myself. That's another thing, understanding that it's more than just the animal itself. It's, it's the national parks. It's the vegetation. As we talked about public lands, um, all of it, all of it, it's so complex. Like we're kind of getting further into what I took notes on. Cause that was one thing that I was going to say was it's so complex and you got to really start immersing yourself into it. But that's kind of why, why we're doing this on the podcast is, uh, is um, it's our way of, of sharing what we've learned. Uh, so Joe, it's kind of funny, but Joe, Joe found, found some information about Boone and Crockett through Randy Newberg, who's, who's great and had the guys on there. And and I, I was listening to the meat eater and they recently had those guys on there on the, uh, the people that are uh, president and, uh, you know, top of the top of the food chain of, for, um, for, for Boone and Crockett. And um, so we were, we were both listening to those podcasts and, and uh, that's whenever I got with Joe and I was like, Hey, let's, uh, let's do our own little version and just talk about, you know, like what we learn about them and what we find out about them. And, and so that inspired us to do this. But the thing is, is a lot of people just don't know about concert or we did it and, and we're kind of projecting, but we kind of projected a lot of other people, like everybody's heard of Boone and Crockett, but not everybody knows all the little fine details of what Boone and Crockett have accomplished over the years and, and what they're about today. And well, so, and that's the one thing that 
I found was kind of interesting is they seem to do it like quietly, you know, like you don't, I'm sure it's there if you look, but they're not like, you know, big commercial thing saying, you know, Hey, look at what Boone and Crockett did to help with uh, the pursuit of, uh, of game management or, you know, like it's there, you can find it, but it's not overly advertising it. You know, it's, I, they do it quietly and they, they do a pretty good job at it and they've been around. So you said it was 1887. Yeah. So what, what we're a hundred and about 130 years, 130 years. That's a, quite a while for an organization to be around. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing what they've done. I mean, they've been responsible for, like I said, all the, all the, the U S forest service, the, um, the fish and wildlife that, you know, they're responsible for starting all those, um, and then also uh, responsible for for the Pittman and Robertson Act, which takes the eleven percent taxes. I believe it's eleven percent taxes from from uh, gun sales and ammunition sales for conservation. Which is uh, since that was enacted, uh, I want to say I just saw a number the other day. Like it's made like two billion dollars. In a weird way, I'm like, that's a lot of money. But then in a weird way, I'm like, for all the people that buy ammunition and guns, that's all that is made. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know. I don't know if uh, $2 billion is a lot, but I, I, and I don't know that whenever I read that, it might've been, it might've been just an estimate. Who knows? Maybe it's more now. Um, I'm not even sure, you know, that article could have been a couple years old. So obviously we could be, that number could be higher you know, but, but I thought that was kind of cool though. $2 billion is a lot of money that goes toward conservation. No, for sure. And, you know, I think it's a 130 year test that uh, we can all agree. Right. I mean, when this stuff started, all of our wildlife was hurting. All of it, all of it was on its way to extinction. Weren't you telling me about uh, Teddy Roosevelt going on a Buffalo hunt? Yeah, so so when Teddy Roosevelt was a kid, and 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 I think this is whenever he started getting political power. This is more stuff that I gotta read up on more and brush up on, because I'm talking a little bit outside my my knowledge. But I'll I'll re I'll recite the story the best I can. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt, as a younger man, uh, before he was president, he went to the Midwest. I think in the Dakotas, if I remember the story right, and. Uh, but even then, even before he was president, he knew that the uh, the wild buffalo or American bison, whatever you want to call them, uh, was on their way out as far as they're on their way out to extinction. And um, oh, I wish I would have wrote down the quote because he made a quote about it that was uh, kind of heartfelt or whatnot. But um, anyways, he went to the Dakotas because he was like, I want to do this. Like he knew that they were going to be extinct soon. And he said, I want to do this before they become extinct. Um, but it also, it also, he went there, he got himself a Buffalo and that trip also, you know, made him more um, energized or, or um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like he wanted to, uh, he, he wanted to do more for conservation. Teddy Roosevelt and, and the people that started Boone and Crockett kind of created the word conservation. Uh, actually, I wrote that as a note too. That uh, conservation, uh, the definition at the time was was a pretty simple term, just called prudent uh, without waste. Which basically, I, I break that down as is the uh, the conservation was is is that you you kill an animal not just for their hide, but you take everything um, that's edible, the hide, the horns. You know, obviously you probably leave the carcass behind, but, but you utilize the whole animal, not just a piece of the animal that, that has financial gains is kind of how I break down conservation and, uh, or at least that definition of conservation. But, uh, um, yeah, so the whole reason that we kind of also, or, I mean, it wasn't the, the initial like idea, but the other thing with doing this is just learning that there's ways that we can all get involved. Like 
Um, I don't know exactly when, but I think maybe in the next year or so, like I'm going to look into trying to sign up to an organization and volunteer some time. Um, You know, I think like you said, like what's one of your regrets? Well, one of them is, is just signing up to an organization. You know, some of us um, don't know that there's organizations to be signed up to or, you know, and so we, we don't really ever go forward for it. You know, like you hear these organizations, but you kind of like Boone and Crockett, oh, they, they, uh, they, um, you know, score your horns, uh, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. Oh, they, you know, they do stuff for conservation, but they mostly just want, uh, you know, donation money, you know, and, and I mean, it's not a bad thing, but you can actually get involved with these organizations more so than, than just doing donation money or, or getting your horn scored. Like you can actually get involved in. So true. Uh, yeah, I just think it's pretty cool, man. No, it's, it's way, it's way interesting too. You know, like it's one of those things like, Oh, wow, there's a whole nother topic that, you know, I can get into and study and learn a little bit more on that. I didn't really know that was out there. Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same way. I feel the same way. And, uh, I'm pretty excited about learning more about the history and, um, you know, I think, yeah, I just, I'm just more excited about learning about the history for sure. And, uh, I mean, I'm definitely not trying to make this a history class. I mean, I want it to be fun. It's a podcast. We're supposed to have fun and stuff, but, but it's cool. And, and, and like I said, I mean, I've kind of said it a couple of times, but, but the, the whole point that we're trying to hit home here is, is like me and Joe didn't know a lot about Boone and Crockett. And then we started looking into it and we're like, Oh my gosh. And so we kind of just wanted to share that with you guys. So you guys could be like, Oh wow. There's a lot more that I can do as a fellow hunter than just buying my tag every year for conservation. Cause that's the age old argument, right? Well, I, I hunt, I'm, I'm doing my conservation work, but at the same time, there's more we can all do as as fellow hunters and i think it's important especially to a sport that i don't know if it's in trouble i don't want to make any outlandish statements like that but you know i mean arguably is it as popular as it used to be i mean i i don't know because sometimes you hear about record tag sales but then you hear that you know the youth is that they have a hard time of getting the youth into hunting and so it's kind of up and down you know and hopefully uh Hopefully through things like this podcast, I'm not saying that we're going to save the whole thing by any means, but through this podcast, you know, we're, we're doing our part of, of trying to get people into hunting. I mean, that's really why we started this was, was to keep the hunting community strong uh, and, and contributing in our own minor, small way. I, I mean, or at least that was one of my ambitions. I don't want to speak for you, Joe, but. <laughs> oh no, we're one of the same. Go ahead, Eric. Okay, well, tell me about my feelings. <laughs> so we've been a little bit upset lately. <laughs> um, so a couple of things. Uh, I mean, this just that I wanted to throw out there was um, was uh, in 1906 the first museum of uh, heads and horns was at the Bronx Zoo in. Uh, Jersey, I believe, wherever. Uh, anyway, um, what's that in the Bronx? Yeah, yeah, it's in the Bronx. Um, and then, uh, but the cool thing about that was, uh, that, so that's whenever, whenever the a lot of efforts, like the people, um, started started really work. Like the public got more involved with with uh, conservation, was because having the heads and horns and 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 the display out there and and like the people that came and visited the museum was able to um to kind of see the problem out there in the wildlife if you will and so you know they started they started uh getting more involved in conservation so that the museum of heads and horns was pretty important for the conservation efforts of Boone and Crockett at the time uh with that said though now now today that museum, I wish that I would have found an article or a reason why it moved, but it, it has moved over to uh, um, the new Heads and Horns uh, 
Museum is uh, in Cody, Wyoming, at the uh, Buffalo Bill Historical Museum. So it's over in Wyoming now. But it's kind of funny that it went from uh, from New York, basically the New York area, to uh, to Wyoming. But that's where it is. So so if you're ever in uh, Cody, Cody, Wyoming, go check out the Heads and Horns of. Uh, Boone and Crockett. Uh, Boone and Crockett Club. Yep. And I thought too, uh, I was going to look up, but not only did uh, Teddy Roosevelt start the club, but he's also got his name in, in the club, in the in like in the list. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of that, he's the only president ever to uh, have their name in Boone and Crockett record books, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, that, that is kind of cool. Oh, and it was a cougar that he has in the record books. Or some would say mountain lion. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, uh, the first edition of the record books, speaking of record books, was, uh, uh, I believe, printed in 1932 um, for the first time. And then that kind of leads into... Uh, um, so I didn't have as much there. There's actually a lot of information about Pope and young, uh-huh. but I, I just kind of wanted to go over a few things about them too, which is really cool. So they're kind of, they're, you know, the, the same thing. I, I hate saying the same, they're pretty much the same thing as Boone and Crockett, <laughs> but, uh, um, they're, they're, they're for the archery side of it. But they still do the same conservation efforts, and uh, they they were founded in in 1961, uh, January 27th of 1961. So they were oh what about 80 years later? Well, give or take 80 years, 80 70 years later after uh, Boone and Crockett. But uh, but they they were more for the archery side of of uh of scoring and huh. and conservation though they so they they try to do through their organization they try to do conservation efforts also just like Boone and Crockett does and then uh I do have just for for one animal um for the elk Pope and young elk. Uh, to get in the record books there, you must score at least uh, 260 for for a typical uh, set of horns and a 335 for a non-typical. Um, I, I don't know why that stuck out at me, but I, I figured I'd put it in my notes, so I did. <laughs> <laughs> Probably because it's bigger than anything you've ever killed. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I got to get a 260 at least. <laughs> well, that's for archery, so... Uh, I didn't. I didn't actually see what the minimum was for Boone and Crockett, but, um, but yeah. So that was kind of that was kind of the. Uh, well, it wasn't kind of. It was the information that we found out about Boone and Crockett. Or at, uh, do, is there any more that you can, you have at this no, time? No, that that um, that covers everything. You know, I is interesting. Like I said, it. I was totally naive. I'll admit it. Like I thought I was a cool hunter, you know, like that was all about horns, but it's more than that. And it's in, and it's, you know, a little different and I'm sure my eyes are going to get open a lot more wider as we continue down. You know, it's going to be interesting to see what else I learn. I thought I knew, I mean, I not claim I knew everything, but I guess I should say I had a decent understanding of everything. And it seems like I don't even have a decent understanding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, I guess that's part of the the struggling hunters podcast is is I mean we're pretty we're pretty transparent, you know. We're not afraid to. I mean, yeah, we get embarrassed and everything, you know, but but we're not afraid to put ourselves out there. I mean, that's kind of our our thing is is you know we're relating to the average hunter, the average guy that goes hunting and. I mean, that's just our angle because we're, we're, you know, we love hunting. We love to do it all the time, but at the end of the day, we're average hunters. I mean, you know, eventually, I mean, I think we both like have the desire to, 
to uh, do more for conservation as you know, as time goes on with this podcast. And even if this podcast doesn't last, I'll, I'm going to increase my efforts, but you know, as far as hunting also is, is uh, increase our efforts on becoming better hunters and taking it more serious and, and doing, doing what we can to, uh, you know, be able to, to give back and teach other people what we've learned through our struggles. <laughs> true. Very true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I think that's it. Well, and like, so I was going to say, I, I, so I did put in for, uh, I guess, one of the things that I put in for my doe tag, it closed uh, yesterday. Oh, um, yeah. But yeah, so I got in for that. And so I'll have that coming up. Uh, getting ready for, again, you know, the, the archery hunt coming up in August. Uh, I'm heading down this weekend to, um, set up a trail camera or two maybe um so uh hopefully you know be posting some pictures of that coming up here shortly and I'll, I'll admit i'm behind the eight ball again i not that it's kind of my own fault for one i just kind of you know i guess with covid hit and i didn't really go out and really start prepping as early as i wanted to or i'm probably using that more of a crutch than than is actually needed but when, you know, I, now I'm, everything's starting to lift a little bit and I feel like I can actually go out without getting in trouble. <laughs> nah. but, uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm still practicing the bow, getting the bow set up. Um, went out a couple nights the last week, I think it was, and tried to get my bow tuned up. Still not shooting as quite as great as I want to, but I think I had a couple of issues on how I had uh, my target. So, to tune a bow, you set up a sheet of paper in front of your target and uh, and you pay attention. You can literally, so you watch the tear in the paper and it tells you the story of how your arrow is flying through the air. So, you know, it, you know if it tells, so if this is the arrow and it goes out of the bow, you know, it can fly you know, like, you know, you can turn either way, mm -hmm. go through the air, like, you know, like come, come through there like that or tip up going through the air. So you put up a, uh, you try to shoot through a sheet of paper of some type to see where the, how the arrow is flying and you can tell where the point hits and where the fletchings go through. And that tell you, and then you make your adjustments to where the arrow is resting on your string and then you know how. Then you can adjust how far out left to right, how your arrow is setting on on the rest on the bow, mm. to help adjust that. And I, and I, and I wasn't. I, I screwed up. You know, being that I don't have the cleanest or the greatest facility, it's just wherever I can go up on the mountain here and find a spot to shoot. My paper was set and kind of not straight on at me it was kind of slanted a little bit so as my arrow was was flying I think it was wasn't hitting the paper straight on so it wasn't giving me the true story of how the arrow was flying through the air did you make any adjustments yeah I've made adjustments I was making adjustments and I and uh but at the end of the day I was like I couldn't quite get it set settle in like how I wanted to and as I got home I got thinking about it because of how I was shooting on a, like, you know, I was on a hill, kind of a decline and it still wasn't level ground. So I had to like set things up to make it stay up. It wasn't setting, you know, straight, straight on at me. So I think I, this weekend is, as I'm out setting up cameras, I'm going to, I'm doing scout and I'm going to go back and do it again and see if I can get it to uh, line up better. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully you didn't adjust too much to where uh, you're all screwed up now. Whenever you get the paper nice and straight and everything, you know. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it might have been flying nice and straight from the beginning, but then because your paper was a little. Is that, right. kind of, is that kind of one of your running theories or is that 
So yeah, that's one of my running theories because, you know, with that paper setting at a slight angle, I feel like, you know, that the arrow can, can stay true how it is, but they're still going through the paper differently because it's tearing different because yeah. of that. Angle. Yeah, so. it, may, it makes sense to me. So I, I get what you're – I'm picking up what you're putting down, so – all right. Well, that's, you know, that's like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, one last thing though, for me is, uh, is uh, we, me and my wife, we had our baby girl uh, oh, yeah. just the other day. We didn't even bring it up. I know. <laughs> so selfish. But, no, uh, right. Yeah. Well, so <laughs> man, here I am. I talk about all this stuff. I don't even bring up my, my new baby girl. No, man. I'm, I'm actually really excited though. It's, it's been it's been good um you know she's healthy she's, she's such good. a good baby yeah she's such a good baby i'm so excited so how's uh, mom doing she's doing excellent uh you know this is this is our second kid together and and this one like everything everything was really really smooth and and uh you know she's she's doing really good really good everything is really good over at the the stewart household so really well, excited must be doing i'm excited for you yeah must be doing pretty good though too if you're able to just a day and a half after being able to take a couple hours out of your evening and set up and do a podcast so your wife deserves some more kudos <laughs> yeah no she does man she's been she's been great she's she's a tough lady and uh she she does a lot and uh you know uh i mean even even this podcast man like i mean i'm not trying to trying to get all emotional or anything, but like, she just like, she supports me in everything that I do. And it's, it's great. And I mean, you know, you, you have a great one over there in Utah too. Cause I mean, she obviously supports you and everything you do. So we're a couple lucky dudes that way. True. True story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so new baby girl. So really exciting. Everything has been kind of crazy around the house. Uh, the reason I brought that up though is, was uh i do plan on getting out but yeah it's been it's been a little bit hectic and crazy but i think i'm gonna try to do some scouting here soon i i can't i don't know exactly when but hopefully soon i'm i'll get out scouting and and uh and and kind of get back to to everything being normal but been pretty preoccupied with the with the newborn uh even before the newborn you know uh it was still kind of trying to get everything ready for the newborn, you know, just all the, all this, all the stuff you got to, all the responsible stuff, you know, gotta being an adult sucks, all the responsibilities. Right. So, Give them that kid. That's op- the greatest opportunity that can get here at life. Yeah. 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 So now, uh, now I got to prep her up for some hunting. <laughs> True. <laughs> Gonna start, gonna start her young. I got my, I got my middle daughter or my, my, uh, yeah. So I have, I have, uh, my boy that lives with us and, and, uh, and our two daughters. And so our daughter, our daughter is the middle one. And, um, she, uh, I'm, I've been, I was asking her the other day, I said, so you ready to go, go hunting? She, oh yeah, yeah, yeah she doesn't even know what it's all about but i was <laughs> i was prepping her she thinks she knows but she has no idea <laughs> but the good news is though she was ready to go though she's like yeah i'll go i'll go so i was like cool the great thing though is with all the the years that they have in front of them and the years we have in front of us by the time they hit being old, old enough to hunt hopefully we have this figured out that you know we can pass on a ton of knowledge help their uh their hunting situation better that they're not striking out as much as we have (laughs) yeah yeah no definitely man i think you have an excellent point and i mean that's what it's about is is um uh you know that's something that i kind of forgot to talk about earlier well i didn't really forget to talk about it but one of the biggest reasons one of my biggest motivators of doing this is that my grandkid or great grandkid you know, after I'm gone, basically, right? So they can like look back and go, "What was what was that crazy old man like?" You know, and and they can get on these podcasts and and see a little bit of 
of me doing something, you know, I'm making some kind of history. And I mean, that's, that's kind of important for me. You know, that's what motivates me to do this is I'm, um, you know, it's not on a national level of history or anything. It's more for my family. It just, you know, they, uh, whatever the, the archive YouTube channel or something and, you know, look up, look up us and see us sitting here doing this. And I mean, that's, that's, what's important to me is uh, they kind of get a understanding of where my mind was and, and what, what I was about. And uh, I don't know, it's just really important to me to, to do that, you know, and, yeah. and, uh, and have, and, you know, have some kind of history. I mean, how cool would it have been if uh, our grandpas left, you know, obviously they didn't have YouTube and podcasts back then, but uh, you know, our grandpas wrote in their journal every day and, and gave, we could go back in their journals and see what, where their mind, you know, that's just really cool. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people probably want to do it, but, uh, they don't. And I just, I, I talked Joe into doing this podcast with me and, and, you know, is for my own selfish reasons for things like that. And obviously we want to, we want to grow big and have a good podcast and do, you know, and, and have a, have a follow like all the, all the stuff that comes with, with, uh, with making content, obviously we want that too. But one of my big motivators is just selfishly for, for my, me and my, my future family. So like I said, my great grandkids or my great, great grandkids can get online and look up me, look right. up, you know, and, I'm and sure they're going to be sitting somewhere in, in high school and, sharing it at lunchtime with their buddies. Hey, check out this, this guy is my grandpa. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. He's such a goofball. But I mean, I, you know, doesn't matter. I mean, the more, the more we get immersed in uh, conservation efforts and stuff, maybe, maybe they can, uh, you know, like you said, set in high school and, and make a debate about something that we said 80 years prior or whatever the time would be, you know, well, how cool would that be? Yeah. So I mean, that's, that's what it's about, man. That's what this is about. That's what makes it so cool. And that's why like, you know, anybody that thinks about doing a podcast or a YouTube channel or any kind of content, I mean, do it, you know, I, I mean, it's not, there's, there's enough to go around, you know, there's enough people will support plenty of us. (laughs) So, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, 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 I'm just, everyone has a story. And it it could be shared and it can be appreciated. Exactly. And I mean, I, I just think that it's, it's one of those things that, you know, I, I mean, I know on my side, anybody that comes to me and says, I'm doing a YouTube channel, I'm doing a podcast, I'm doing this or that. I mean, whatever it is, but they're doing something for themselves and they, and it, and, and it means a lot to them. Like I, I'm pretty positive toward them. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I give them my full support, even if I don't understand it or whatever, I give them, I give them my full support. I get you and, and I encourage them. And so, like I said, I mean, with what the things that I'm saying, you know, there, there might be that one person out there that's listening to me and says, man, that sounds cool. You have an option at that point. You can either say that sounds cool. Maybe one day, or you can say that sounds cool and I'm going to jump on and do something, you know, me and Joe, this zoom thing, like we took it as a opportunity. I mean, and, and I hope that's our story. Even whenever we do grow bigger and we go back and say, you know, COVID-19 sucked, but we, we kind of made, you know, we, we made lemons, we made lemonade out of lemons and, uh, and, and we, you know, got on zoom and made this podcast. And I don't know how we went to hear from me having a baby girl, but I'm just kind of speaking from the heart, you know? So. Yeah. You know, like you got a point there, you know, like we hope that with this podcast and what we're saying that, you know, like if the legacy that we're leaving behind, you know, that, you know, for kids to come down the road, for posterity to watch back and even, you know, people that to hop on to listen to us that hopefully, you know, we, we live leaving a positive message of you wanting to 
to learn more or to better yourself as a hunter, as a person. And, you know, make sure you record that and, you know, share that and, and leave it for someone else that might need, need to hear what you're, what you're going through or to learn from you. Yeah. I have one thing to add about that. Cause I've, I've thought about this and uh, me and Joe haven't talked about it and I'm probably speaking for Joe just a tad bit here, but right now I know what's going on in the world. And, uh, I've made a con if you want to know what's going on in the world, turn on CNN, Fox news, whatever you listen to Fox news. If you want the truth, not biased, just saying, <laughs> here's what I'm trying to say though. That was just a joke. Any, but anybody listening, don't get offended. I'm just joking around tongue in cheek around here. This is what I'm saying though. And, and Joe, you can weigh in on this, but I thought about talking about it. But this podcast is me and Joe just trying to have fun. And I thought, you know, obviously we don't have a huge following, but we have a little bit of a following. People listening to us maybe want to hear our opinions on what's going on in the world. What's going on in the world right now sucks. I'll put that as an opinion. But what I'm trying to – this podcast is, is about positivity. It's about an escape, you know. I used to listen to sports all the time, uh, ESPN. Uh, Fox Sports, all of it. I used to listen to it all the time. And the last four years or so, they've bled politics into every angle of the sports. I just, I can't listen. And, and that's me. That's my own personal thing. I'm not, not trying to influence anybody to, to, to do the same thing I'm doing. I'm just telling you what I've been going through the last four years. I can't, I can't listen to sports anymore. There's so much politics in sports. I'm like, man, the whole reason I watched sports was to get away from politics, was to get away from all the drama. I wanted to have fun. And that's what this podcast is about is we're trying to do our best. We're trying to get better every podcast, but we're also trying to have fun. And so what's going on in the world today sucks. But I know for me, I'm not going to talk. I, I, I just, this is our escape. And this is the last time I'll bring it up. Um, and, and, and that's just my side of it, Joe, if you have anything on, on what's going on, I mean, I'm kind of ranting again, but, but it, it was on my mind and I just wanted to kind of say something. I'll second what you said, you know, there's a lot of crappy stuff going on right now. And it's a lot of it's not totally, I don't totally agree with everything. You know, I, I do know, you know, maybe some changes needed, but you know, again we're lucky to live in america where we you know we have the the freedoms that we have and you know people have fought to give them to us and i know and everyone has a right to do what they what they're wanting to do that's cool but you know i'm i'll just say i'm I'm glad we live in america and i know that you know it's uh, i believe it's going to come out okay everything's sucky but you know end of day we're lucky to have the freedoms we do and i believe that you know with through god and through our beliefs and freedom that things will come out and we'll be we'll be good yeah hopefully we figure out a way to unite again and be america um i think that's important i think we've all lost track of of uh just being american being one being united states of america um but uh, you know, that's, I mean, I don't know. We got, we all got to want to change. And, and I know that there's a lot of things that need to be changed. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm at a loss for words with it. Like I'm not, I'm, I try, I mean, I have my political beliefs. I have my political thoughts, but I'm not that political of a person. Um, you know, in private conversation, I have political conversations and, and I share my opinion that way, but on the platform, that's not what this is about. If we wanted to do that, we would, this would be called the, the struggling politicians, not the struggling hunters. And this is our escape. This podcast is this hunting podcast is our escape from that outside stuff. So with that said, after this one, especially, you know, um, I mean, this, this podcast, this, this portion of the podcast is definitely taking a turn on its own. Wasn't planned at all. But, um, after this podcast, like, just so you know, I'm sure we might have to say it again down the road, but like, we're just, 
we're not getting into that. This is this is for people to be able to escape and go. The world is crazy, but you know what? We're gonna listen to Eric and Joe's uh history lessons that they learned this week. <laughs> and you know, and, and and laugh a little bit. That's really what we what we wanna get you know, that's what we want to do. That's what I want to do. And, and, uh, and I'm not trying to talk for Joe, but I think he feels the same way. And um, so that's, that's really all I got. Joe, yeah, no, it's, I, I, I'm think I'm done for the night. Ready, ready to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, again, and in closing, thanks again for watching guys. Really appreciate it. It's, this episode's been fun. Uh, the previous episodes have been fun. It's been fun getting on and watching the analytics, seeing you guys watching, and you know, it's, I appreciate it. Hopefully, you guys do too. Uh, you know, please drop, hit a like, share, comment, whatever. You know, I I just I like the interaction, and hopefully, you guys give us some. <laughs> yeah, you guys watching on YouTube. Uh, this 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 portion or. Whenever you guys comment, like we try to get back to you. Also leave some questions again. Thank you, Mike, for giving me that question. I hope I answered it to your liking. Uh, if not the next time I see you, then I'm sure you'll tell me all about it. But uh, with that said, leave some comments. You know, if you have questions, we'll, we'll try to save them for a podcast, do a little bit of research and try to give you the best answer we can. You know, um, with that said, I'm done. Thank you guys for listening to the struggling hunters. Uh, it's been fun and we'll see you at episode 11. Get you on the flippity flip. <laughs> oh.